Well, peace to you, brothers and sisters and friends. 2,000 years ago, on a very special night, a historical figure was born. He was not born in a hospital or a palace. Nor was he born in a sacred mountain or in a powerful city. Instead, he was laid in a manger in Bethlehem. A city ruled by foreign power. And yet, his birth was foretold hundreds of years before by the prophet Isaiah. And even though he had no earthly titles, armies, or kingdom, the Bible says he was born king of kings. And his birth ushered in the kingdom of God. He was called the counselor, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. And a host of angels praised God for the birth of this king. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. The one who has come to serve, to die, and to seek and save that was lost. And this Savior Jesus, his birth has been recorded for us in the scriptures. And tonight, as we come to remember and celebrate the birth of Christ, let us consider together the sovereignty and humility of God seen in the circumstances of His birth. And so first of all, let's consider the sovereignty of God in the birth of Christ. We're told in our passage tonight in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. We're told in verses 1 and 2 that the emperor Caesar Augustus issued a decree this was a decree of registration that would be administered by Quirinius, governor of Syria. And as a result, Joseph returned to his ancestors' hometown of Bethlehem. This, this city was the city of David. Now Joseph, as we know, was living in the city of Nazareth. He probably had no house or place to stay in his ancestor's hometown of Bethlehem. And so the circumstances of this was meant for us to see the sovereignty of God at work. 
He set in motion the ordered registration so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. To fulfill the promise that the Savior of the world will come from the city of David. And that this king will be one that's like David, but even greater than David. And so this was not a coincidence. What we see is God directing a cosmic drama unfolding before our eyes with every detail, order, location, and placement was set up to fulfill God's promise. He is the maestro conducting this beautiful ensemble. And everything is moving according to his direction. And therefore, history as we see is not simply a culmination of unstoppable trends or human decisions. We see that history is actually shaped by God to accomplish His plan. So what happened 2,000 years ago was a historical event. It was prophesied in history, it happened in history, and it impacts all human history. And we're meant to see this reality in the story of Christmas. That God was absolutely in charge of the how, the where, and the when of of how Christ was born. This was the wisdom and power of God in display. That God can make all things work for His purpose, His glory, and for our good. For the peace of mankind and for the reconciliation between men and God. And therefore, as we read the story of Christmas, we need to remember that God is in control of all things always. No matter what kind of scenario you find yourself in, no matter what kind of worries and anxieties you may have about the future, no matter what type of concern you may have for the world and this country, we are reminded again tonight that we belong and we worship a God in control of all human history. And when we read the story of Christmas, we need to remember that everything from man's desires and plans to the flow of all things. Nothing falls outside the sovereignty of God. He is not a bystander of human history. 
Because if God can move the heart of Augustus Caesar, an emperor, what can't he do to accomplish his will? What won't he do to make all things work for our good, for his glory? Therefore, tonight let us again celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us celebrate also the power and the sovereignty of God. Let us also trust God knowing that He reigns and nothing surprises Him. Let us be assured that all his promises will come true. And let us pray even more, bringing all our requests before the sovereign king. Because he is the one who actively works to accomplish his will. That's what we see in the story of Christmas. On the Christmas Eve, when we see how God's sovereignty at work. Second of all, we also see the humility of God in the Christmas Eve story. We see the multiple names of rulers of those with authority. We notice the names like Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, and David. Now these were powerful men. Men who commanded respect, obedience, and admiration. Yet in the story of Christmas and Christmas Eve, all of them only serve to highlight the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. Because what we see is in contrast to these mighty kings and rulers, we have a little baby Jesus. Wrapped in cloth, laid in manger, with no room available. All the irony that the King of Kings, the Savior of the world, is born in such helpless, humble state. The one who would save us would require caretaking. The one who would rule was lying down. The one who created all things is now in the manger. The one to whom all things belong has no room. And we're meant to see this great irony. The great contrast of Christmas is that the Savior of the world became a helpless babe. He willingly submitted and humbled himself. 
The one whom all glory, honor, and praise are due, the one whom we trust, praise, celebrate, and worship, came into this world in the most helpless, humble manner possible. He was small and weak and utterly dependent on others. This is the wisdom of God. This is the humility of Christ. And therefore, my friends, as we worship this humble king, let us humble ourselves before him. As James 1.21 says, let us receive the implanted word in humility, which is able to save our souls. Let us come before God in humility to lay down our pride, our boasts, and our self-righteousness. Because without the birth of this humble Savior, we would be hopelessly and helplessly left to our own demise. The story of Christmas and Christmas Eve is a story of the grace of God. That 2,000 years ago, the Savior of the world was born in Bethlehem. Let us therefore worship, pray, and trust in God because He is sovereign. And let us humble ourselves before the one who took upon the form of a baby and died for us on the cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a remarkable event is the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we come tonight gathered in His name to worship Him and to give praise to all that You've done, all that You've made possible in Christ. Lord, we are your people. And Lord, we cannot be here tonight if you did not send your only Son to be born for us. Truly, Lord, all glory and power and majesty and honor belong to you. And Lord, may you continue to stir and move our hearts and our minds. Lord, move us to worship. Move us to proclaim and confess that you are king, you are God, and that you are truly enthroned in the praises of your people, that you have risen and that you came 2,000 years ago in the form of a babe for our good, for your glory. Lord, for that we are grateful. And Lord, may you fill our hearts and our lips with thanksgiving and gladness. And may you receive our worship tonight for your son's sake. In his name we pray, amen.